0: 10 Takes is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. You did it. You're here. It's 10 Takes. Sounds great. How long does it take? I'm glad you asked. 10 minutes. I will give you 10 semi semi-discernible takes in 10 minutes. They're not always pretty, but there's always 10. It's always in 10 minutes. I'm going to do a little different today. I got some things to say. Several of you have tweeted me being like, we were waiting for the thing to blow up when you're on, like, take seven. Maybe it will happen today. There's a bomb that goes off when the timer reaches zero. If I don't get the ten takes in, I've failed you. Let's get after it right now. Take number one. I'm going to do this differently today. College football has a ridiculous system that was flambeed over the weekend where they only let four teams into their stupid, ridiculous playoff. I hate it. It's obnoxious. It's unfair. What if the NFL did it? What if we had to decide right now teams one, two, and three, and four, the only ones allowed in the playoffs, independent of AFC and NFC, here's what you got. Team number one for me is San Francisco 49ers. It was the most billed game of the year. It was the most hyped game of the year. It was one of the most one-sided games of the year. The San Francisco 49ers went against a team that's roster is so good and so deep and so ridiculous and all these Georgia guys and all these new signings and all these draft picks, and they shellacked them. They mollywopped them. Choose any verb you want. They go up 6-0 Philadelphia, and you're like, all right, well, they're doing well. They're controlling the pace. And there was this moment where it was like, Brock Purdy, are you ready for this? You're in the same stadium where your arm almost fell off. It's cold. It's rainy. You don't have any first downs. The Eagles have a bunch. I'm not sure you're up to this moment. And then, my God, was he up to it. They scored six touchdowns in the next six possessions against this unstoppable roster who has an unstoppable play. They got one of their security guys kicked out. We'll get to that later. San Francisco's number one. Take number two. My second team, my number two team in the college football style top four is the Ravens. The Ravens are on a bye right now, and I don't care. I still think they're the second best team as we sit right now. I don't know how it's going to project. don't know how it's going to end up. If I'm ranking them one through four, the teams that deserve to be in a four-team playoff, the Ravens are number two. They still have, in my opinion... A top five, maybe top three, most impressive win on the year was what they did to Detroit maybe four or five weeks back. Do you remember when the Ravens blew the doors off the Lions? It wasn't even close. A really good Lions team that's 9-3 and three after this weekend. Ravens destroyed them. The Mark Andrews thing looms large. I feel like they're going to need them in the playoffs, but the Ravens are my number two team. Take number three. The Eagles are the three team. The Eagles are the three. Do they deserve to be the three after what just happened against San Francisco? Do they deserve to be the three after they somehow lost to the Zach Wilson zombie Jets? I still think they do. I still think they have the roster. I still think they have the quarterback. Jalen Hurts wasn't terrible yesterday. Put up a couple of scores. The line did pretty well against Bosa et al. They have the depth. You know the deal with the Eagles. You kind of were waiting for them to take a shellacking. They would played with fire too many times and they finally got burned badly. I still think they're number three team. You know what my number four team is? We'll go to take number four. I have the Dolphins. I have the Dolphins ahead of the Cowboys. I have the Dolphins ahead of the Chiefs. I have the Dolphins ahead of the Lions. I think if you were to ask defensive coordinators around the league to make their top four list, I think they would include the Dolphins, and I think it would be a choice propelled by fear. I think they're terrified of that team. I think every single team knows what they're going to get from Tyreek, and they can't do anything about it. It's one of the most inexplicable things on the season. How, if you're the commanders, if you're any team, do you not just say, listen, maybe they run all over us. Maybe Waddle has a huge game. Maybe everybody else on the team has a 100-yard game, a 200-yard game. We are not going to let Tyreek do us like that, and they still do it. I want Tyreek to get that record. I want him to get it in 16 games. Needs about 121 yards a game in the next four games to get it. They are my number four team. Take one, two, three, and four my four teams, 49ers, Ravens. Eagles, Dolphins. The Chiefs just, listen, they're the Chiefs. They have the equity. They got skins on the wall. They just lost to the Packers. They're probably six or seven. They might be one by the time the season's over. Right now, they're not in the top four. Take number five. Can we talk about Big Dom for a second? And what was otherwise a very one-sided Eagles-Niners game, you had the all-time bizarre dust-up on the sideline. Drake Greenlaw slams Devontae Smith. There's words exchanged. There's confrontations. And then a guy in the sideline in street clothes wearing a hat with an Italian flag on it touches Dre Greenlaw, the Niners linebacker. And then Dre reaches out and does something really weird where he brushes the back of his hand against Dom's face. And I kept saying on the air this morning, what is that? What kind of disrespect is that? Someone said it's you draw a mustache on someone and it clowns them. I don't even know if he mustached them, if that's a thing. I just need to know that what the hell happened to lead to a non-uniformed personnel being ejected, and Dre Greenlaw. Understand, Greenlaw was leading the Niners a tackle at the time. It's a very important player. Shanahan's head was about to explode that they gave up a king for a pawn. And Dom apparently has this legendary reputation amongst the Eagles. He's been there way, way, way back since the Andy Reid era, and he's loved and he's quiet and he hates the spotlight, and now they're selling Big Dom sweatshirts elsewhere. I have nothing to say about Big Dom. I feel like you might know people who wouldn't be kind to me, if a guy's name's Big Dom and he's working the sideline and he's putting his hands on people and he's one of his titles is a advisor to Howie Roseman. Is, is, is Big Dom advising Howie Roseman on anything other than get the hell behind me if there's trouble? Crazy. Take number six. Officiating is not the worst it's ever been. It is the most exposed it's ever been, and it's the most complicated it's ever been. I hate that one here. Officiating has never been worse. I think officiating is always kind of bad. I think if you broke down tape from some random 1986 Bears versus Packers game, and you were able to do it in the same clarity and with the same replays and with the same camera angles as we are now, you would see it's really, really, quote-unquote, bad. But it was really rough at the end of the Chiefs-Packers game, too. The one on the sideline to Mahomes enter the complication factor. So Mahomes takes a big hit in which the hit happened inbounds, happened at the sticks, and it happened in a way where the defensive back, Jonathan Owens, was trying to stop his forward momentum. The human being referee is being told over and over, we got to protect these quarterbacks. We got these new rules. He sees the face of the league, probably Mahomes take a massive hit and a very close to the sideline and he freaks out and something in his brain triggers. Oh my God, Mahomes took a hit. I I have to flag it. He just does it out of human reaction Now he shouldn't, but that's how it is. But officiating has always been bad. I don't think it's worse than it ever is. I think it's brighter. I think it's clearer. And I think it's way more complicated than it ever is. And it's frustrating as hell. Am I only on take number seven? This is going to be tough. Take number seven. My favorite species of team, I think I talked about this last week in December, is the come running teams. The come running teams were not great in September. They weren't even really that great in October. But sometime after Halloween, they figured it out. And they're the teams that are dangerous right now. Their record isn't that great, but their recent runs are excellent. The number one come running team right now is the Indianapolis Colts. And they got this crazy thing where Gardner Mishu playing very well. And the defense works and the coach works. They have won four in a row, the Colts. They're coming running. Also, the Rams. Rams have won three in a row. They're winning games that matter. They McBay's got them figured out. The come-running teams often don't get in the playoffs. Ask Denver. They lost a big game this weekend that might really hurt them to try to get them in the playoffs, and they broke the league's longest winning streak. But they don't always get in, but they knock people off in December. I like the Rams, the Colts, and sort of the Broncos for come-running teams. They're not all going to make it. Take number eight, relating to the Rams. Sean McVay is a top-five coach. Top-five coach. If you were to rank your top-five coaches, it's tough right now. Because Belichick is so terrible and self-loathing and miserable and has the worst team in the league, and he was number one for a while. John Harbaugh is a name that always floats there, but then people also don't like him because he messes up in the fourth quarter, and then he has playoff issues. I think you got to put Andy Reid in. Kyle Shanahan is definitely in because he may coach Brock Purdy to an MVP this year, but the one I can say for sure is Sean McVay is a top five coach in the league. This roster is not great. The O-line is put together. They got a rookie named Puka, who they drafted in the fifth round, who's doing Randy Moss things. Cooper cup has been hurt. Matthew Stafford's been hurt. And there the Rams are in the mix. This is going to be his masterpiece. If he gets this team, the one that the quarterback's wife in the preseason was going on her podcasts saying all kinds of things about their chemistry or lack thereof, it's his masterpiece if he gets them in. Take number nine. Peppermint bark is so good. I can't resist it. It's everywhere in my house. I have dreams about it. I wake up in the middle of the night, it's under my pillow. I don't even like peppermint. I think peppermint sucks. It is like one of the worst flavored mints. I'd rather have spearmint or their crazy drunk cousin cinnamon. I hate peppermint. I can't stop eating peppermint bark. Take number 10. Video game truck is an absolute killer for a kid's birthday party. Killer in a good way. Let me explain to you what I do. For the second year in a row for my son, for his birthday party, we hire a video game truck, which is a giant tour bus. You go on it. There's a million video games set up, PlayStation this, Xbox this, a Switch, and they got monitors and the kids just go on there and they blast club music, the, the people who run it, and they play the video games for two straight hours. And you say, that sounds kind of boring. They love it. They love just sitting there on that bus, listening to the club music, listening to Sandstorm, playing... Everything from Fortnite to Madden to everything. And I come up with a special tradition I do with my kid. Feel free to steal it. When we break for pizza, I say to all the kids, we had 18 boys at my house, I said, Calvin and I are going to face off in Mortal Kombat. If Calvin wins, you guys get another half an hour to play video games and you get cake. If I win, the party's over. I text all your parents, they pick you up 45 minutes early. No cake, no more games, that's it. We go on, they got the two controllers set up, all the other screens are turned off, it's on the character select screen, and my son and I battle, and his friends go crazy, and they're chanting his name. I let him win the first round, I destroy him in the second round, and then in the third round it goes down to the last 10 seconds, and finally my son wins. Finish him! And the kids go crazy, and they do a dog pile, and they're chanting his name, and they're popping off champagne if they had it, and that's it! It is so fun. The Mortal Kombat showdown on the video game truck. If you have a young son or daughter's into that stuff, use it. That's 10 takes. That's 10 minutes. I gave you my top four. I gave you my come running teams. I talked about officiating. I talked about Big Dom. I talked about my top coaches. I talked about my top birthday party idea. I talked about my top Christmas season treat. That bleeping peppermint bark. It just follows me everywhere. I can't get away from it. And every time I see it, I eat it. I don't need it, but I eat it. That's 10 takes. I'm going overtime right now. I'm not supposed to do that. Thank you guys for listening. Genuinely appreciate this. We've done this all season long. It's quick. It's easy. It's not a big time commitment. You're busy. I'm busy. Click on it. Listen to the takes. Tweet me at Kyle Brandt. Retweet, sign, like, subscribe, share, review. Whatever you want to do. Short form. Lean and mean. Twisted steel. We will see you next week. We get closer to the playoffs, to Santa Claus, to all that fun stuff. 10 takes. Kyle Brant in just ten minutes, sometimes close to twelve, like today. See you next week, guys. Love you. Thank you. Bye. Ten Takes is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more iHeartRadio pods, go to the iHeartRadio app. Go to Apple. Go anywhere you like; it'll be there. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. more details.